0: Welcome to the myofascial health podcast hosted by me, Unu. Follow along as I explore the depths of John Barnes' myofascial release approach on my road to mastery. Along the way, I'll be sharing the lessons I learn as I open my myofascial release practice in Austin, Texas, so that you don't have to make the same mistakes I do. Welcome back to another episode of Myofascial Health. I am joined here by Aaron, who has been a physical therapist for 22 years and a myofascial release therapist for 20 years. Thanks so much for joining me on this podcast.
1: I'm really excited to be here.
0: I appreciate your time and energy and effort. Uh, We're set up here at your beautiful space. And uh, before we got started, we actually drew some animal spirit cards. Mm -hmm. And I'll say that for myself, there was a time where I thought that was a little bit out there, a little bit too woo-woo-y. Me too. Excellent. Yeah. And so uh, we had been drawn to spiders today. Mm -hmm. And they talk about the web and this, I guess this how would you describe like this universal plan that everyone has put into place? Yeah. And I noticed that when the card was mentioning something about entanglement, you had a reaction. Can you Mm. unpack that a little bit?
1: Sometimes I think it's really hard to see the full plan. Like we can never know the full plan. And what it's going to be. And I think that so many times, like, we think we have to make the plan happen. Or we're impatient. Or we think it's going to be one thing and it's totally something else, which is usually better than what we expected. Mm -hmm. But I think the entanglement happens when I'm not allowing a process to happen. It's when I'm forcing it. Uh, an idea a thought or the way it's supposed to be and we know from myofascial principles that you can never force a system you got it and so um i think it's really beautiful to come back to a lot of these very early basic principles that john teaches in a course like you can't force a system you meet and match something right you can't force you can't be uh uh Unattached to it, right? You have to just meet and match things, and flow with the system um, in order to make uh, bring things to fruition. I guess I don't know. I don't have the right words for it. You caught me off guard, but <laughs> um, I mean, sometimes life is sticky.
0: Sure. Yeah. And is there a specific thing that you'd be willing to share about you know meeting things where they're at? Uh, I know I have a tendency to be impatient with certain things Mm. and so oftentimes because of that which the impatience is a channel five trait right and I catch myself in there but I can't help but know that those are my habits you know awareness is the first step and then Mm. taking action is I I would say the bigger and more important step after that Mm. and so uh Was there something that you thought about where you're like, man, uh, the entanglement happened because I wasn't prepared to be in this situation or is it something that you're forcing? What was that about?
1: I think I was giggling a little bit because just in preparation for this conversation, I wasn't sure exactly what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And it was this really interesting thought that I had that we were like, eh, we're just going to talk, right? And I'm like, I could probably talk about seven or eight things at this point in my career pretty intelligently and, like, actually have a pretty decent conversation about them, right? Sure. And also, the fun part, again, going back to John's teachings, I think it's so interesting the way he teaches in that he does not give that much information like it's paced and so I think sometimes I'm so eager to share all these things that I've like really feel are are hard fought to Mm -hmm. learn and I just want to give them to people right like I'm like oh I don't want you to have to struggle through this like I did absolutely but it's impossible for somebody to receive that Right, we're only going to get one or two nuggets of anything out of any conversation, any experience. Right, so like, how do we be patient and get the nuggets that we need without worrying about getting all the damn information out?
0: I completely agree with that. Yeah, Um, I'm at a point in my life where I have started to embrace the struggle. So I don't know if you've read John's book, uh, Healing Ancient Wounds. Sure. But there's a small segment about the butterfly and the monk. Mm-hmm. And he talks about how uh, a monk came across this butter, or this caterpillar who went to the cocoon, went to the chrysalis, and, and started to do the transformation process. Mm-hmm. And as the uh, caterpillar was emerging to become the butterfly, it was stuck in its cocoon. Mm-hmm. And in the uh, caring nature of the monk, He decided to help the butterfly through the cocoon, um, but he noticed that the butterfly's wings were shriveled up. And uh, he was just waiting for the day that the caterpillar or the butterfly's wings would eventually unfold so that it could fly. But what he learned is through his uh, caring act of kindness in wanting to help the butterfly. He prevented the butterfly from going through the struggle of getting out of its cocoon, mm-hmm. which prepares its wings to actually fly, and wow. it needs to do. Mm-hmm. And so, for me, I am in a season of, of I guess you could say it's a little bit of struggle, mm-hmm. and it's okay to have those periods, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's to be expected. Mm-hmm. And I think with that you learn more about yourself. Uh, and whether it's business, whether it's relationship, finances, there's just a ton of things that you will go through. Um, but hopefully in the end, you say, you know what? We went through the mud. It was super challenging, tons of obstacles, but it was worth it. And I wouldn't have changed anything about it. Now, uh, you had talked about certain topics that you wanted to to Uh, elaborate on Mm. what were what was the top one let's say
1: hmm that's a great question I think I think I really wanted it to be a delicious energetic exchange right if you're gonna have this conversation I want to get you to have something out of it and I want your listeners to get something out of it otherwise why do it right I mean, certainly we could talk anything about the myofascial work. I know that you have been kind of curious about sometimes I'm maybe a little bit more energetic than some of the the experiences that you've had. And so we could talk about that. Um, um, I'm super passionate about pelvic health for all genders. So we could talk about pelvic health until the cows came home, right? We we could talk about business. We could talk about so many different things. And... um, and that's also kind of fun to look back to realize that, oh, because of these all these developmental phases that I've been to, through, like you do learn about all of these different things. So I'm curious what you want to know about.
0: Okay, uh, let's start with your journey into myofascial release. Sure. Um, I find that it's super interesting when I meet another physical therapist. Yes. You know, typically we're science heavy. Um, yeah and whereas when I meet massage therapists, they're more about the energetic work. Sure. So uh, can you tell us about how you found John's work?
1: Yes, so I went to school at St. Louis University, and in that program, I had one lab experience where the class was split an hour each for myofascial release um, like positional release and maybe some craniosacral so you can imagine like what you got in an hour but i was like there's something to that right uh-huh. and i had like two i think two 1 hour lectures lectures on pelvic health and the fact that this is like all that i do is pretty amazing so like the 3 hours of pt school active lectures like my my job now which is weird but um I really thought that I was going to go into sports medicine. Um, I played basketball. I had a bunch of knee injuries. And so that was what I was most comfortable with. Um, And then my clinical experiences, I was treating like 40 patients a day. Wow. In an outpatient ortho clinical. And I was like, what am I doing? Like, this cannot be what I do with my life. Um, And so when I got out of PT school, I actually moved down to Texas because I thought Austin was just going to be a cool place to go. It is. And I actually worked in geriatrics for the first couple years out of school. And I was getting promoted within this company and I was having all of these employees and I wasn't even treating patients anymore. I was just managing schedules and like HR and meetings and it was literally my body was falling apart. And I drove past this place one day and I saw massage therapy and a phone number. And I was literally in front of the building and I called and I said, hi, can I get in for an appointment? And they said, we just have a cancellation. Can you be here in five minutes? And I said, I'm literally in front of your building, so yes. <laughs> and I walked in and I met the wonderful Patty Sadoff, who to this day is such a fantastic mentor and friend. Um, and I, she said, hi, what are you here for? And I'm like, I just hurt, my body hurts. And she goes, well, I do something called myofascial release. Have you ever heard of that? And I said, oh, I had one, one hour in school. Yes, I remember this. I was like, I think I have a tight hip flexor because that's all I knew that MFR did, like a psoas release or something because that's probably what <laughs> it heard. And she sunk into my body. And within two minutes... This pain that I had been having in my stomach for the last nine months that I had gone for scans for, for I was taking medicine for, nothing was helping. In the first couple minutes, it connected, and in five minutes, that pain was gone. Wow. Right? And I said, okay, I want more. And so I went to my first course not too long after that and continued to get treated that year. Um, And then about six months in... Um, I was like, how do you actually do this? Like, I didn't understand how people actually practice myofascial release as a job because I was only, like, I was seeing 40 patients a day. How do you do do this work, like, logistically? Yeah. And she introduced me to the clinic owner, um, and uh, the clinic owner hired me. I left my job. I took a huge pay cut. I left my job, and so within six months of taking my first class, I was doing MFR full-time.
0: Wow! And, yeah. and what did you have any fears around leaving the job that you had? Oh my God! Yes. Yeah.
1: For sure. I was. I mean, it was a humongous pain cut, and I don't know about you, but I was in debt from PT school.
0: Absolutely, same.
1: Right? Like, and I was like, I, I was still had a futon and my Rubbermaid like tote as my coffee table for years because I had no money, and I was, I was, giving away what I thought was a huge amount of money. Yeah, To just follow what I, I knew in my heart was right. Mm. Right? So I feel like so many times in my career, it wasn't a conscious choice. It was a necessary step. There was no other option for me. Once I figured it out, I was like, there was no other option. I had to do this. Uh-huh. Yeah.
0: And I'll say that it sounds like you followed your heart, which is channel Always. three. Yeah. Did you have any Channel 5 challenges? Because for me, when I'm making a decision, oftentimes I am weighing the pros and cons to each scenario and mm-hmm. I very much get into my own head. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's because you, you're just more natural with following your intuition, uh, but how did you get a, go about doing that?
1: I think my husband would tell you that I take a really long time to actually make decisions. Okay. Um, I certainly will weigh things in my head. And I will work them in a bunch of different ways. This, that particular decision was really easy because it was so strong. They're not always that strong. Okay. Right? So, so the ones that are really strong are just obvious. And then you're like, okay, well, that's obviously what I'm gonna have to do. Right? For other decisions... I sit with it, but I very much, the energy has to be lined up before I make the jump, Mm. which is the not forcing the system, right? And so I will know that I'm probably supposed to do something two years before I might actually do it, Mm -hmm. right? Like leaving the group practice to start my own practice. I knew two years before I left that I needed to go, but the energy wasn't lined up. So I take that time between the idea of what I have to do and the actual movement to make sure that like I'm visualizing what I want. Like uh, I really have the full sense and feel of what I want before I move to it because I always want to be moving to something instead of away from something. Does that make sense?
0: That is a very key distinction. Yeah. To move towards something versus away from something. Yes. Now, uh, something that you had said is you had to wait for the energy to feel right. Yeah. Now, as a physical therapist, like, we're not learning about energy or nothing. So how did you go about cultivating this this awareness for the energy?
1: It's a great question. I think... I always wonder how much of it is innate, how much of it is learned. I grew up in the country, so I'm, I was very used to being in nature, which I think is helpful, right? Mm-hmm. To feel nature and to feel cycles, and, and I grew up in a place with seasons, right? <laughs> like there's, there's just a, a, an order to things. But when I came into the myofascial world, right, and was introduced to pulling medicine cards, Right when I was like, well, "What the hell is this?" Right, um, but I was watching it work. Right, I was watching the the facial work. I was work. I was seeing what was happening with patients, and so there was buy-in because I was seeing results. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. And you go, I started going to courses, right? I spent my first early years like struggling to, re- i like, I got to feel this energy here. What's going on? Right. And I think a big turning point was when I went to Peg's subtle energy class. Mm. And it just kind of, I think Rob teaches it now, but it just kind of shifted things for me. And what I really realized in that class is I had been feeling stuff all along. Yes. Right? I I was feeling that stuff. I just was not giving myself credit or trusting myself that I was because I was so, you know, I was a science nerd, right? Like I went through PT school. Like I didn't trust that I was feeling the things that I was feeling even though I was feeling them. Mm -hmm. And once I gave myself permission to feel them, then it was just on. Got it. Yeah.
0: Okay. Uh, it reminds me of when I did my skill enhancement seminar, mm-hmm. because uh, there's an energetic component to mild fast release and to everything, I would say. Yeah. Um, but we don't get taught that, um, at least in Western culture. And I'll say that I remember during my skill enhancement, I was asking, I think it was Jill, but I'm not 100% mm-hmm. sure. Um, but I was asking her, how do you go about sensing the energy? Mm -hmm. And when I, you know, obviously they try to give you tips on your, your techniques, your holds, your awareness, your presence. Mm -hmm. And she was unwinding a little bit. She said, you're already doing it. Right. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I just didn't have that, uh, the organization to be able to say, this is what it is and what it's not. That's right. And so she actually recommended a book for me and it's called like something about not forgetting your own music, right? Mm -hmm. It's like we, I think, innately have these abilities Mm -hmm. but through society, through school, we unlearn it, right? And so a part of becoming a a myofascial release therapist is being able to let go of the things that you were taught in a sense. Now, obviously, I think that there's uh, a place for it. Like I very much... I'm proud and am happy that I went through PT school. Mm-hmm. I think that gives me a very firm foundation, mm-hmm. but I had to let go of a lot of that to be like, okay, well, what what else is there to this, right? And mm-hmm. and I know for me, when I was taking my first seminars, I was that person asking a bunch of questions. You know, mm-hmm. John talks about you know Aunt Sally questions, this, that, and the other, and I'm like. I don't know who Aunt Sally is, but something tells me that me and her would have gotten along just fine, right?
1: I've got like five Aunt Sallys I'm going to ask about. Yes. Okay, yeah. perfect. And so, no, it no, for you. Yeah. yeah.
0: And so uh, I was always asking questions, trying to figure it out. And okay. at some point, you just have to be able to sit in that uncertainty of knowing you're not going to have all the answers. And uh, But going through PT school, it's like, there is an answer for something and uh and yeah like it was uh, I mean I got to the point something with me is like I'm lazy right so like mm-hmm. if I find that it's too much work to do I will pick the easier route and letting go is often the easier route but it's tough to do all the
1: time yeah I feel like there's like four things we could unpack with that
0: yeah go ahead what do we unpacking um
1: First, with energy. Yeah, let's go back because we do learn about electromagnetic fields in in physics, mm-hmm. right? In PT school, we all got to take physics. Second semester was all about electromagnetic fields, right? Okay. And so we are introduced to energy, just not in the container of bodywork. Yes but electromagnetic fields are literally everywhere. You can walk into, or have you ever been in a room and somebody walks in and you can feel it on the back of your neck?
0: John comes to mind, yes.
1: Okay, right? Or like you're, I don't know, as a female, maybe our spidey senses are a little bit more than dudes, sorry, but like we have a constant awareness of presences that are not safe. Oh
0: yes, yes.
1: Right? And you get the heebie-jeebies and you get that feeling. That's all energy,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? That's that's the, the sense and feel. So I think we do, but not in the context of what we're talking about. And that kind of leads to the next thread that I've really been playing with. And it's, I think that I've bagged on what I learned in PT school for a while. Okay. okay? Because I was so frustrated because what I learned didn't work. And so I kind of dismissed all of it as I came into the smile fascial world, because I kind of had to, in some ways, to, to dip into the smile fascial world. Mm-hmm. Right. And I had a thought recently that, like, a lot of education and a lot of what we learn through this, it's, it's like a game of telephone, right? There's, like I think about these masters, like Joseph Pilates, or like these big, like like the head people, the designers of whatever modality, right, I think that there was an intention, and like a, uh, like I think it, of bodies, like a, a, a way of being, like movement, the energy of that, I don't, I I, I wish I had a better articulation for it, but, like, there was a sense, and as it gets passed on, it gets diluted. Mm. Right? Like, in, in PT school, I'll think about it this way. In PT school, we learn all theory. I didn't learn a lot of practicality. Yeah. And then I got into the clinic, maybe an outpatient ortho clinic, and here I was seeing a rotator cuff repair. And I had no idea what to do, except there was a protocol. Mm-hmm. And so you followed the protocol but you are following the protocol, probably had some slight differences than the person who developed the protocol,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: right? Um, Or you watched people do things in the gym with, like older therapists do things with patients, and you're like, okay, I guess that's what I'm supposed to do for an ankle sprain. Like, okay, I'm gonna get this BAPS board. I don't really know what I'm doing on this BAPS board, but I'm gonna use it, right? Yeah. So I think that the diluted form of anything doesn't match up with the true intent. Mm -hmm. And so now that I've kind of, I dismissed it for a while, and now that I feel super comfortable in the myofascial world, some of it is kind of circling back, like in this spiral of, okay, how do I actually take some of these exercises, some of these activities, but bring them back to an embodied perspective that actually makes them freaking work. And it's a balance between the fascial work and release and the strengthening. It's like, it's all part of it. Does that make any sense? It does. Yeah. I think we have to learn things and let them go and learn things and let them go, and learn, other and let them go and learn other things and let them go until we integrate. We can, we can be away from them enough that we can start to integrate the threads of all the things that we've learned, like the spider weaving. We don't understand what that path, that that long-term path is sometimes at the moment yes. until it starts to come together.
0: Yes. In addition to that, I also think that as we learn to at release, the uh, pattern of life is spirals or vortexes. Of course, you know, yeah. You and so we often come back to these situations that we've been before, but we're now different people. And Always. so we accept them in different ways.
1: That's exactly right.
0: Uh, I do have to give a shout out to uh, Gary Gray, who is yes. uh, who is the inventor of the BAPS board. Yeah. Um, he was the first person that introduced me to fascia. Right? Yeah. Had, I went through his fellowship, him and, and Dave Tiberio, really great uh, teachers. Um, I think you get a sense that they do the right things for the right reasons. That's right. And that, allowed me to have the entry point to fascia and what ultimately became mild fascia at least. Yeah. I think that there are different elders I guess you could call them and so I think Gary Gray, Dave Tiberio, there's some of the elders uh, obviously John Barnes. It's a perfect and, word. Yeah, And we are learning from them and I think to your credit uh, a lot of times where especially new therapists get in trouble is they try to put their own sauce on it. And it right. takes away from the authenticity of the work. Right? Can you uh, speak to that? Let's say you're talking to me and I'm brand new, right? Mm-hmm. I just graduated PT school. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling pretty good about myself because I'm a doctor of physical therapy.
1: Woo-hoo! Yes.
0: Uh, and then, I come to this come to Jesus moment where I'm like okay I just paid all this money but it, I'm not helping people in the way that I thought I'd be able to mm-hmm. uh, more than anything now that I am a PT it feels like most of my times not just helping the people but documenting about how I helped them <laughs> right. how do I let go of this piece of paper that I have just spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on and let that go to do this work that I feel called to.
1: Hmm. What I'm struck is by how many times that happens in so many different areas. Yes. Right? We think that when we, we graduate with a degree in physical therapy, when we get married, when we have kids, when we reach this amount of money, when we have this much amount of success, like we're gonna feel a certain way. Mm-hmm. And very rarely do I think people actually feel the way they think they're gonna feel in that moment.
0: I would agree with that. And if you do feel this euphoria, it is only for a moment.
1: That is correct.
0: So what what is what's your recommendation?
1: I think that is where I feel so blessed to have learned grounding, Mm. right? For me, being grounded and present in the present moment is one of the biggest gifts that I've gotten from my fascial journey because... When we learn to ground and center in the present moment, we are less distracted by the shiny objects. That's what I call them, like like the, the tangents where we get off track, right? Mm-hmm. So with each person we encounter, with each client that gives us the privilege of walking through our door, we get to be grounded and centered and let go of our ego in what they think when what I think they need, right? Or what I think we should do. I get to be grounded, centered, connected to their body, and give them what they need. Right? And it does not matter the degree on the wall to be able to do that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think sometimes the degree gives them confidence that we know what we're doing, right? Mm -hmm. Because I think it's good to have guardrails on a system. Like, we don't want just anybody touching people, right? Sure. So I think that it shows a commitment that we have decided to study and learn about things, right? But when we are grounded and confident, then the clients have trust in us. Yes. If I show up a scattered mess... I don't care what degree I have, they're not going to trust me mm-hmm. and their body's not going to let go. So I I would say that you can use this degree and all your learning as just like a humongous tool bag that you carry with you. And you ha- you have tools, you're going to learn tools, you have critical thinking. It doesn't look like we think it's going to look like a lot of times but it's even better.
0: Mm -hmm. So what I love about your answer is you took it internal, right? Which Mm. I think is the key to it. I Mm. think when we think of, oh, you know, when I get married or if I make this much or if I graduate with this degree, Mm -hmm. these are all external validation, right? Right. Versus for you, you're able to say, to be honest, that stuff I have found out, whether through personal experience or talking with others,
1: mm-hmm.
0: those moments are not long lasting. But what really matters is who you feel like you are in the present moment. And I think that could be tough for a lot of people to do. You know, I think as myofascial release therapists, we have the guidance of John to kind of um, see that as a model of a way to live life mm-hmm. but so many people live in the past or in the future and they forget that present moment mm-hmm. but when you actually center yourself and you get grounded you're in this space right and maybe you don't have the words to articulate it mm-hmm. but you have the feeling for it mm-hmm. right very much thanks for listening to another episode of mild fascial health I help myofascial release therapists create beautiful websites for their MFR practices, even if they aren't tech savvy. If you're just starting your MFR practice, or you're an experienced MFR practice owner, learn more about how I can help at www.miofascial.health/website.